This is the DiPietro and Rothenberg Podcast. Yep. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Yep. The ESPN New York app. Yep. Or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN. One pick in the NHL draft with the men that can't seem to stump. Do something dumb, that's an observation. CLT make them need to run. Call them every trash, EMT for short. Wonder if we best once you peep the score. Up at the crack of dawn, top stories of the morning. While you yawn and grab your coffee, rise to shine with 98.7. This is drop time. We provide highlights from your favorite teams. Got Dave and Rick making plenty of picks. It's rule 76. Ah, oh, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. And welcome aboard. I'm Rick DiPietro. That's it's right. like the vein of my existence. No, that's not right. I'm almost positive it's bane, bane of my existence. My co-host, Dave Rothenberg. I challenge Manilo. I challenge <laughs> Adele. I challenge Swift. I challenge anybody to be better than that. And now that right there is called confidence. Some would say arrogance. I say confidence. Our amazing producers, our fearless leader, RJ Santillo. Greg Zerloin. Wow. Well said. How about the very polarizing Raymond Santiago? It's not like you're throwing up. Thank you, Ed. Big shout out to the company. Thank you for getting up with us on this Thursday morning. We are DNR, the R&R boys. Archie, you got one today right now? Quincy Doobie. Uh, no idea. Rutgers. No idea. Rutgers. It's special. He really is. Call us what you want. Don't ever call us lazy. You can hear us every weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Number to call, 1-800-919-3776. Born ready, Don it. He's born ready, Donna. We have an unbelievable show planned for you today. The Wink Martindale saga is officially over. Aaron Rodgers, Tuesdays on McAfee. They've come to an end. The list of NFL coaching vacancies continues to grow. Nick Saban, David, he's calling it quits. He's going to retire. The Mets introduced Luis Severino and Harrison Bader. We're going to hear from Mets president David Stearns. Our former favorite guest, and i got to say it because he's cheating on us with the K-Show, Mel Kuyper at 830. we yeah. got stuff you yeah. missed. Yeah, Mel. We got stuff you missed at nine fifteen, and as always on the Thursday at seven forty-five, we have no observations and did it happen in Florida. But before we get to all of that, it's the start of the new year, and many of us like to make resolutions. I, for example, have decided to bring in the bananas, beautiful bananas, plug-and-play bananas, beautiful bananas, because apparently Dave's resolution is to not, along with a few others that haven't necessarily caught on yet. For example, he's tried to be more humble. Champion, uh, champion. Nicer to callers. You're a slut to the memorabilia, is what you're saying. <laughs> How about better at his job? OG Ananomi. No, that's uh, not right. You know what? It doesn't matter because in my eyes, he's perfect. Here he is, the one and only David Hugh Rothenberg. That was nice. Well done. Yes. yes. Gets me all, all tingly for a Thursday now. I mean, I was excited for the show, but I think the excitement level jumps numerous notches with that. I mean, it was a, it was a really good open. Thank you very much. a really good open. I I give Raymond all the credit. And RJ. RJ pitched in today, too, as well. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you have the uh, the most talented team in the world working behind you. Uh, We said that, and we said that during our big meeting yesterday. We we, we sure did. They they even said, you know, anything else on the show? I said, what did I say? I said, guys are unbelievable. said, couldn't be happier with Raymond and RJ. Is that not true? That is a thousand percent true. Also said, show would not be the show without RJ and Raymond. Hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Not, not like not one iota of negativity towards really anybody on the show yesterday. No. Good meeting. Solid meeting. Aww. Yeah. And you never say that. 
Well, I was good, right? I didn't ask any. I just sat there and kind of just took it all in. And and was I okay? Did I ask horrible questions that embarrassed you or embarrassed me or embarrassed the show or or, or you're going to make fun of me today on the on the show for? No, I think it was probably our best meeting as a as a duo. We came in, we had a, a clear plan, and I think we executed it to perfection. Mm-hmm. So it was like a Kyle Shanahan scripted start to the game. Yeah, I mean it was long, it was long, but that was I mean it was necessary. And I, I thought think we you know what great. a long meeting is though. I was. I mean, it was like you, you say you say long. Like RJ, if if the average person out there here is they were in a long meeting, how long would you assume that meeting went? Like a ballpark figure. If you told me a meeting went long, I would say a couple of hours. Yeah, it was thirty minutes. Forty. <laughs> okay. okay. It was. I don't. I don't look at forty minutes as a long meeting. I would say for us in the history of our meetings, that forty minutes is probably long for us. No. Yeah, I mean, listen, it pushed the the what we're probably capable of with our, with our ability to you know continue being locked in. But I I thought it was a good solid meeting. Yeah, I was happy with it. I was happy with you, and now I'm happy to have a. Uh... A beautiful Thursday show with Mel and Nobbs, and did it happen in Florida? What you know what think? I think you've done? Yeah, Mel, 8.30, Nobbs, uh, 7.35. Did it happen in Florida right after that? Stuff You Missed, 9.15. You see how well uh, Stuff You Missed is doing in the ratings now? Dude, by the way, I'm not even joking. RJ, I'm dead. I am dead serious, okay? Brian, <laughs> my Brian. What's, what time is it now? 6.05? Do you think he need to, he needed to qualify his Brian? Uh, like, when you hear Brian now, like, like, we could be talking about Brian's song, and the, the immediate thought that comes in your head is, oh, his Brian. I don't think Ray and, and Rick, he needs to qualify his Brian. RJ, his Brian, right? No, we know that it's his Brian. Listen, you go after Brian on your own. I'm not going after Brian. Listen. I love Brian, yeah, I'm whatever that. his last name is. <laughs> I love Brian. <laughs> I've loved him forever. Darnson. First thing he says to me, yeah. RJ Sim yesterday. Amazing. Really? Yeah, it's exactly what he says. First thing, favorite part of the show yesterday, the sim. That's a great man. Yeah, listen, he loves you. How loves can he your not? work. Who doesn't? Have you ever met anybody that doesn't love RJ? They're out there. No. no I don't think they exist. There's that one guy that was calling and being nasty, and then, and then RJ kind of... Oh, know, I think I sound like an elderly woman. Yeah. Well, I, no, I don't think it was that guy. It was a guy, again, that, that, remember the, the other guy, and then you, you got aggressive and feisty with him in return? You'd oh, be he getting double-digit points, my guy. Yeah. Yeah, he said he was better looking than RJ. Oh, right. yeah. And yeah. I find that hard to believe. Well, only after, right, listen, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole go again. Go down the rabbit hole. No, I, only after we had. You uh, can fit. <laughs> <laughs> pictures <laughs> exchanged, <laughs> and, and I I'd, I'd felt strongly on the contrary. So you and thought so, he was an ugly human being. No. And you think you're handsome. I Listen, if, if you want to factor height into it, I can't control that. That's why I don't really get. Get, uh, I don't get upset about the height thing. I can't yeah, but why that. should height be factored in how good looking you are? It has nothing to do with how good looking right. you are. Well, yeah, that's what Peter I'm saying. Peter Dinklage is very handsome. See, that's, oh. not, that's not nice. Oh my goodness! What, didn't, you say, the, didn't you also say he was good looking? Like, like that he had that trash can look. Yeah, something like that. Like I live in a trash can <laughs> kind of look. <laughs> R- RJ might be the most well liked, respected person that I've ever known. I think I'm a pretty good looking guy, but I'm more of a, a man's man. man type of look. Right, you're a man's you're kind man. of a belong in a trash can kind of look. Tough to get up from that one. Oh, wow, that's the nastiest thing you've ever said. Yeah, you're good. You, you, he's just got him waiting, waiting there in the holster. And then when you do that kind of stuff to him, he he goes crazy. I don't think that's good, though, is it? Yeah, but it's, you got to protect yourself. Yeah. I mean, Rick it's walks like with, a, with a weapon. and, and It's you, like your verbal baton. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought, listen, I think all of us, you wouldn't find people that would say bad things. No, I, I think, no. I who who are you that. thinking of? Me. 
You think there's people out there like a a, a, a tribe that just can't stand you? I don't, I, listen, I think more people like me than don't, but I think I rub people the wrong way. I, yeah! think, I think there are people out there that look at Raymond and say he's, you know, controversial, says a lot of stuff I don't agree with, can be nasty, very, you know, internalizing of stuff. I think there are people that don't like Ray. I think Rick is very well liked, and I think you are almost unanimously loved. Yes. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I think the only criticism I would ever have of RJ is the uh, the whole no T-shirt under the. Yeah, but that's you don't dislike someone because they make a weird no. you know clothing choice. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I dislike them. I'm saying if I had any criticism, that would be, the only criticism would be that. That's I, pretty I, darn good, though. I, I I tried it last week. Solid, solid. Not sure I'm going to overhaul my the whole wardrobe. Now is it is it a financial thing? Like you don't want to buy <laughs> a lot of t-shirts or undershirts or something like cuz cuz if that is an issue I'd like to I'd like to buy you some. No, I used to wear undershirts under every shirt every day regardless short sleeve long sleeve everything. Did and you then, find you get too sweaty? Like what was the rationale behind just just out there? It's just freeing. Do you, you wear can, underwear? Uh, most of the time, yeah. But why? Listen. Well, I think it's a different kind of feeling. It's a different freeing if you're not if you go no gitch. Try one day. Try no undershirt. See how it changes your life. No, yeah, I, no. I don't. No. No, not with the kind of, not the kind of, like, the three-quarter zip-ups that you're wearing. I got to go t-shirt under that. You have to. Have to. Yeah, I mean, you're very confident in your, your underneath style. <laughs> or lack thereof. I really am. Um, so as we're, we're doing this meeting, you see, because, of course, TV always has to be on in every meeting ever, and it always is. And we have Sports Center on. And you see the scroll across the bottom, breaking news. And then what felt like forever, they started showing video of Matt Eberflus. So long that all of us in the meeting gave our opinion. Like, it was ridiculous of what was going to be the news with Matt Eberflus. Like, breaking news, Matt Eberflus. And it was like, he's going to be gone. He's going to stay. What will they do? And, I'm, and, and I remember saying, well, maybe they're, they're showing video of him and they're now confirming that he's going to stay at the very end, and then, like, still 15 seconds later, it felt like forever, 15, 20 seconds later, Matt Eberflus, according to Adam Schefter, keeps his job, will be back with the Bears. And then we kind of broke it down and dissected a little bit to extend the meeting to 40 minutes. But later in the day, Rick, and I can't believe this, we find out Pete Carroll, not going to coach the Seahawks anymore, he's going to move up to some kind of an advisory role, and then the bombshell of all bombshells, Nick Saban's retiring at Alabama. Yeah. yeah, yesterday was a wild day. Wild. The only thing that we didn't get clarification on that would have made it even bigger was Belichick. Yeah, right. I mean, you're talking about the two goats, right? I mean, go to college football, and then we're figuring out what the, the goat of the NFL is going to do. But you talk about, like, I mean, the coaches that are available. I mean, I think that's why when we were in the meeting and the, the Eberflus news comes out and they just they kept, like, playing clips of him. Isn't that like, true, though? Like, didn't you, didn't you feel did. like you had minutes to determine what you thought the news was going to be? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Like with the with the available candidates, you have the first overall pick, right? I mean, if and the take, ninth pick, yeah. Well, it's like it, you're keeping them because you're keeping Justin Fields, or you're keeping them because you know because you fire the offensive coordinator because you're going to draft a, a quarterback. But like, if you draft a quarterback, you can't you can't decide after next season that this guy stinks, or in two seasons that this guy stinks. Now all of a sudden you bring in a new regime with the quarterback that you drafted, and in year three he has to learn another, a new system. I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel lined up properly. Well, we we haven't gotten to the point where they've guaranteed us it's going to be Justin Fields. No, no, I understand. But I'm saying if it, regardless, if it's going to be if it's going to be Caleb Williams, right? 
You'd want a new coach? No, I don't need a new coach, but I have Jim Harbaugh, uh, Jim Harbaugh available. I got okay. Mike is, there available. Chance, is there I got, a chance? I got Ben with... Johnson. I got off. Like you've seen, like how many how many different situations with young quarterbacks do you see where it's a it's an offensive offensive minded head coach that seems to get the best results? Listen, I agree with you, and plus, I I just think that there are coaches that are better out there than Matt Eberflus, right? I mean, I don't think he's awful, and they clearly play for him, but they're net. They've never been in contention with him. They've never played a big game with him. Would you rather have Harbaugh? But maybe through back channels, they did some, you know, investigative work and found out that any of these big coaches would have no interest in going there. I don't know that that's true. But if you chose Matt Eberflus over some of the coaches available, that seems like a very confounding move to me. Or lack Yeah, thereof. I just don't know. I don't know when the next time, when the next time this job is going to be this attractive to anybody. I don't know that this job has ever been that attractive to anybody. The Bears, you talk about the Jets never having a quarterback. The, in the history of the Bears, you know, Sid Luckman, sure, but we're talking about 70, 80 years ago now. Have they ever had a quarterback that you looked at? They went to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, for God's sakes. No, so, I mean, you have, a, you have an opportunity now, and maybe you're right. Maybe through back channels they just found out that no one was interested in the job, but I don't know. All I'm saying is, is that you better be sold on, on Matt Eberflus because if you're drafting a quarterback, you can't, if you want to have success, it can't be... In two years, we need a new head coach. Well, you could this argue this working. is the biggest offseason for the Bears in, I mean, God knows how long. Yeah, well, if they get this wrong. Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You get this wrong and you have the wrong coach leading the charge here, then you might never get out of I mean, the Bears are one of those teams that are they are never good. They're never good. You know what the other problem is, though? Seriously, like the more I think about this whole thing and, and how the Jets have mis, mishandled this and – and you see, and maybe this is part of the reason why it was time in Seattle for Pete Carroll to to move upstairs. It's just where you see where the NFL is going, how it's you know geared more towards offense and how important the quarterback is. Like, so let's take let's take Houston for example with D'Amico Ryan's been awesome. Maybe right there to win Coach of the Year. I think it's him and Stefanski for Coach of the Year. They're going to host the playoff game. They win the division. C.J. Stroud is a stud. All right, awesome. So the better C.J. Stroud plays the more opportunities their offensive coordinator is going to have to take the job. Right now, maybe you know he's going to get a head coaching job, and maybe you know the quarterback's coach becomes your offensive coordinator. But you're going to lose, like you're going to lose your offensive coordinator. And D'Amico Ryan's is a defensive-minded head coach. He doesn't speak the same language that an offensive guy speaks. Mm-hmm. If the head coach is the offensive guy, doesn't matter if you lose the offensive coordinator. It's going to be the same offensive system because he's he's an offensive coach. It just seems like to me, like if I were to do it. I would have an off like, and I was going to draft the quarterback and try to develop that quarterback. I would want to have an offensive-minded head coach. Yeah, I, I would think so as well. And I, I would think that this job, and maybe I'm wrong, is as attractive as it, it's ever been, and might be as attractive right now as it'll ever be. Because they're not bad, and they have a whole host of picks, and they can really, they really dictate the draft. They really can can set this down whatever path they want it to be. So. You know, I don't. I really, I don't know. I'd be lying to you if I said I did. Maybe we'll talk to Mel about it at eight thirty. But is the right move to go with Justin Fields? That that, that would get me real nervous because a, I don't think he's great. I, I think you have to sh- pay him, and that's and that's B. You have to now pay this guy who again has never played in a big game in his NFL career, ever. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on that front office to make the right decision. So the coaching carousel. It, it, it continues, but differently than we expected, because we were we were not sure about Eberflus, and nobody saw the news out of Seattle coming, and nobody saw Nick Saban in Alabama happening. So we open there 
We'll get into the Jets, of course. We'll get into the uh, the Giants, of course, and there's finally some resolution to this bizarre Wink Martindale situation. A little baseball as well. NFL draft because Mel Kuyper is going to join us at 8.30. It's funny. I spoke to my agent yesterday, and all I want to do is like talk about you know a little work stuff. We can get to this and that. All he wants to do is talk about the draft. That's what everyone wants to do, though. I was like, can, can we can we talk about my career for a minute, and then I'm happy. Well, what do you what do you think? Would would you take Penix at six? Would you consider that? And, and he he knows a ton about it. And all, I said, how about this? We have Kuiper Thursday. We book you for Tuesday. Yeah, I'm usually like, hey, I just talked sports for like four hours mm-hmm. straight. So can we just talk about anything else? Or how yeah, about we just don't talk? How about we just we just sit in silence? That's that's nice. There's something nice about silence. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. I think they're listening to me. They're everywhere. Dave. I know you're here. Catch the show on demand wherever and whenever you want. Woohoo! Over here! Just subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thursday, I'm a little, I don't know, a little like worn down with the week. I feel very effervescent today. Yeah, I do feel good today, too. Maybe it was the open that got us going in the right direction. I think so. And I think what you've done is very wise. You give people a taste of, like, Tom Bauer doing the open. Good. Joe Leo doing the open. Not so good. Raymond doing the open. Very nice. But then you give us back to the man that created the open, and now it feels comfortable. Well, you know what it is. I just like to give, I like to give people opportunities. I think Raymond's fantastic when he does the open. And Barrow was good, too. Barrow was good, too. A little long-winded, but good. Well, you know, here's the thing, Dave, and and I think Bauer has made the the proper corrections. Bauer is very coachable. Very coachable. Right. Rejoins way too long. Uh, You embarrassment in front of everybody. All of a sudden, rejoins perfect length. I think if Bauer did the open again, I think he would be right on it. All right. How do you feel about Joe Leo if he had another? Wakey, wakey, eggs, and bakey. Yeah, I don't. 
The oh, Knicks probably. destroyed my Brooklyn Nets. The Knicks finished three and two on their West Coast road trip. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for Joe Leo. You you think he's banned from doing an open? Well, I see. Here's the troubling thing, though, and I I gotta be I gotta tell you the truth. Like I I've been doing the opens for how long now, and I make I mean, sure years. that right. So Raymond and I go through it. We come up with concepts, the drops that we want to use, and then at the end of it, we'll go through the entirety of the open to make sure that we're hitting the you know we're hitting it the way it needs to be hit. Like right. buttons are being pressed at the right time. Joe Leo, first time ever doing it, doesn't do any of that. No, I got it. No worries. So he he didn't even practice the open. No. He didn't walked practice. through the open. There was no dry run of the open. Nope, no, we water. didn't go over it at all. He scoffed at the open, and I was and I was kind of surprised that it's like okay, you're, well, you're did, confident. Did U.S.'s gonna... consigliere kind of say, Joe, we should really work through the open. He seemed confident in it. I said, okay, I'm gonna let you do your thing. In retrospect, that was a mistake. Do you blame yourself at all? Yeah, I totally blame myself. I'm responsible at the end of the day. Yeah, because you're you're the open overseer, is what you're known as. Uh, if that's what it's called, sure. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um, I got to tell you, there is a level of accountability on this show that is, I mean, unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. Really? Isn't that yeah. good, though? I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. It's why I love the show. But we have an expectation. If you're not going to meet the expectation, then we're going to call you out on it. Doesn't mean we don't care for you. I like Joe Leo very much. And I love it. And I love you guys. Yeah, it's very. What a day today is. What a day. What a day today is. Um, you know what's uh, sad, too? Can I just say this before we get the into the... I've tried to get back to football. I know. We're no, gonna, go ahead, please. No, this is going to be sports-related. Okay. We're going like during the break, so we like to have you know fun conversations during the break, but this is actually a sports-related conversation we're having just about all the different coaching vacancies, what's going to happen in, you know, with the Chargers, what's going to happen in the team, and then RJ was asking questions about, you know, look at all these like really, really good coaches available. And my first thought was that even if I wanted one of them, I would be hard-pressed to think that he would take the job. Well, why would you take the job where all the power has been handed over to Aaron Rodgers? And if things don't go well, like, there's got to be a better option for a Mike Vrabel, no? Well, I think even if it was if it was no Aaron Rodgers, like, how attractive is this job to well, a— I think the, the job is more attractive with Aaron Rodgers. Cause I think no, no, I'm saying—but but I'm just saying, like, in, like how attractive—like, there's probably a reason— if you think about it, that the coaches that we've hired are either like Adam Gase, who's a failed head coach and was desperate to get a job, so he took it, or guys that have never been head coaches before. Like well-established head coach, like a Mike Vrabel, or say like Mike Tomlin decides he wants to leave Pittsburgh, and you know there's a couple different job openings, and the Jets is one of them. But how attractive is that to someone that's actually been successful like a Mike Vrabel or a Mike Tom. No, I, I think if you're the Jets, you're going to have to wind up like, 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 not that it'll happen certainly, but would Ben Johnson take the Jets job? I mean, Harbaugh's not going to take the Jets. The thing is, if you're the Jets, wouldn't you, wouldn't you throw up? And they, and they won't. And, I, and I, I'm not making a mistake that they're going to do this. But could you imagine if they added Mike Vrabel and that level of accountability and what a good coach he is and how much he gets out of his teams? Uh yeah, dude, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine because it's not going to happen. I mean, if, so, they, if they added Vrabel, you'd lose your mind. I would have a How much time. more excited would you be as a Jets fan if Mike Vrabel was the head coach tomorrow morning? I would be, I'd go missing. You'd go crazy. I would go crazy, yeah. There's no question about that, especially the more I read about Mike Vrabel and listen to his former players talk about him. First of all, his players love him. Second of all, there's not a lot of coaches out there that have gotten more out of what they have than Mike Vrabel. I mean, you never look at Tennessee and say to yourself, boy, that is some kind of football team. Yet every year, I mean, outside of this year and maybe the odd random year as well, 
every year they're right there. Yeah, I guess that my I guess my my biggest takeaway because RJ actually said it too was that it's the Giants is a desirable job. Jets is not, and that bothers me. Well, you and say I think that. it speaks to I think it speaks to the level of of dysfunction that we have. Well, I think, it, I, I think it stems from the top. Yeah, which right. not, which is not going to change. It, it's not going to change for a long time. But you say the Giants is more desirable. I mean, the Jets are closer to doing potentially something special than the Giants are. No, I know, but you but a lot of a lot of these coaches are smart enough. Like the the well established coaches are smart enough. Like there was a reason why Bill Belichick didn't take this job. He resigned and went to New England. Like ownership is an important part of it. Like how many how many how many established coaches that have had a track record of success are going to go take the Carolina Panthers job? I wouldn't think any. Zero. I, I think if you're Carolina, you have to go with one of these young, hot prospects. Probably not even too hot because they wouldn't want the job and hope to God that they turn out to be the next, you know, magical young coach. Right. Like you'd want to build a reputation of, of being, you know, highly functional, great ownership, stability. And that's not something that, and I'm sure all this Aaron Rodgers going on McAfee and all this other crap is not helping it. Well, that's, like, that's going to be uh, stopped for quite a while now, sounds like. No, and then you got players liking tweets about coaches on your staff that are staying. Like, it's just, it's it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. But but how long has it been like this? Too long, and it's why, no, it, and, and that's to the point, is why, why if I had my choice, if I'm Mike Vrabel, and they were like, and, and Woody Johnson called me, he's like, hey, we want you to be our head coach, and then oh. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Could, but could you imagine that, though? But but how about if you back up the truck? I mean, it's not going to happen. But I'm just thinking hypothetical. They've already given you know solid word of encouragement. He's going to be back and all that kind of stuff. But there's no salary cap for coaches. Like you could back up the truck and say, Vrabel, we're going to offer you five years at this it, it crazy amount of money. Yeah, and you can also pivot when all of a sudden great coaches come available. I mean, you can also pivot, but they're not going to do it. But but we're okay. running okay. it. Pete not going to come here. Obviously, he's been here. It, it did not work. No, but what I'll tell you what what I don't like is you can bring back Robert Sala and give him a fair shake. Like, okay, you have your quarterback now. He's healthy. Let's see how it looks. And if it doesn't work, then then we're going to fire you. We're going to blow this thing up. And you can bring back Nathaniel Hackett because of what we heard from Garrett Wilson yesterday. He's the offense, all the different things. Even I was listening to some of the Aaron Rodgers stuff on one of the interviews he was talking about and said, you know, because of, and he want to throw anyone under the bus, but we know because of the quarterback, is Nathaniel Hackett couldn't really show off his offense because the quarterbacks can't do what I can do. So at the end of the season, when I'm running the offense, people got a chance to see what it could look like. So we're excited about it. You can keep him, too. It doesn't mean you have to keep everybody. You don't have to keep the offensive line coach if the offensive line coach isn't good. They, would you say the Jets had a failed season? Yes. They, they brought everybody back. Everybody. 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 And it's the one coach, too, that Taylor, Taylor uh, Lewan was like, he stinks. And Brees Hall liked it. But we're going to keep, well, keep him, too. We'll keep everybody. Well, that's a bad look, too. It's a bad. It's a bad look to have. This guy stinks. Oh, I'm gonna like that tweet, dude. You know that we. You understand that according to PFF, the Jets had the best ranked defense. In I the saw NFL. they were one and they had the worst offense. And they had the worst offense. That's right. Yeah, but does that, I mean, that's what they are. They're a team that had a really good defense. And and also, listen, I think there were times where the defense you you expected more. But for the most part, I, I blame any of the hiccups with the defense on the offense. That the offense was just so bad. Yeah, I understand that, but when I, right, but how bad was it? When you look at you look at all the top ranked defenses in the NFL, they're all in the every single one of them, the top, the top eight of them, are in the playoffs. The only one that's not is the Jets. That's yeah, remarkable. Well, you have that, and then you have the Giants led the league in turnover differential. 
and we're six and eleven. Uh, you have like two, like yeah, two of the worst. I think they are the two worst offenses in. I'm sure they are. Yeah, they have the two. Like, you actually, our offenses have rated have graded lower than the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots. Do you understand how hard it is? I mean, and think about this: what these two teams accomplished. The Jets had the the highest ranked defense, and under any any analytics, probably a top five defense, and were nowhere near the postseason. And the Giants led the league in turnover differential. They they were tied with the other team was Baltimore, who had the best record in the NFL, and both teams were nowhere near a sniff, a whiff of of the playoffs. That's pretty hard to do. It really is. Well, New York. Well, at least you guys are making changes. We're not. Yeah, we are making changes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. Looking for more access to the show? Why? Because you know why. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DR on ESPN. I got an email from Evan Cook. Very positive. Nothing negative for anybody. Says you guys should get Debbie Duhame to do an open one Thursday. So that would be idea. nice. That would be nice. Oh, yeah. She really is. I mean, she really is best. the best. Yeah, she really is. Um, what's I going to say? I had something to say, and I forget what it was. Oh, so when she started her traffic report, she said David Hugh Rothenberg and Rick DiPietro. Richard, yeah. Yeah, she didn't know your middle name. Uh, do you know my middle name? Uh, William? <sighs> Look at you. What a good guy you are. I'm right? Now, that's a friend right there. Wow. Yeah? I, th- I thought it was. I wasn't 100% sure. Really? That's correct. RJ? Thank you for being a friend. RJ, did you know his middle name was William? I'll be honest, I did not. Uh Uh-huh. Raymond, did did you know his middle name was William? No, I was actually stunned that it was William. Okay. Who wins the day? I won the day. I mean, you took an early lead. You could still still lose. (laughs) There's a lot that can go wrong. Let's be honest. You're you're very right. Am I winning the day? You are. You took the ball. You went right down the field, punched it right in. Am I in the green zone? Oh, yeah. I mean, you made it look easy on that drive. William. So now we know. RJ, what are you working with as far as middle name is concerned? Anthony. Anthony. So Randall Anthony Santillo III. Junior. Mm. I think the third has more cachet, though, no? That that would be changing changing my name, though. Okay. But that's close. Nice. So, So you're Anthony. And Raymond, what are you? Well, you keep throwing the J out there, which is I want it to fault, be J, is, but it's not, it's, right? It's not. 
What what is it? it? It's it's Andre Andres really, but Andres. It, yes. How do I say that? Andres. Do I, does that come out decently? That, it's not bad. It's Andres. not bad. So Raymond Andres Santiago. There you go. Nice. Wow. Raymond, you named after se- named after my grandfather. You even got a sexy name, Raymond. What are we doing here? You really do. Uh, again, you'll you'll not know what we're doing here. No, we'll leave it at that. I don't like this at all. Yeah, you're so closed. We're sharing middle names. Give us some. Give us. Okay, how about this? Let me make a peace offering for you. If we treat you well, and and we get to the end of the show, you're like, boy, the guys are really kind to me, really good to me today. Will you give us a nugget? Well, first of all, it, 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 you'd be being kind to me for ulterior motives. It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be truly nice. You, you'd, you'd be trying to get something out of me. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Can't win with you, huh? No, we can't win. This is this is why I had to retire. This is I could get no stories from anybody. They just wanted to play Call of Duty. I could get nothing. That's right. Are you well, going to play Call of Duty? Right? If it makes you feel better, I don't play Call of Duty. What do you play at home? Boy, that's really open ended. <laughs> Well, you get your sick mind out of the gutter. What do you well, play at home? Well, again, considering who I work with, that's I, I'm surprised he's you. I, I'm, you. I'm you surprised he's completely naked. Do whatever there. you want. He's you, you've you've poisoned Raymond Andres Santiago. Oh, he's the most interesting, most interesting producer in the. Business. Yes, I am the most interesting producer in the world. Why do you say it like that? I, I don't know. Because <laughs> you like the dosa. It's like the dosa. Yeah, the dosa exactly. Guy. I get it. I get it. I don't usually sleep, but when I do. It's with, with beautiful women. It's with beautiful women. Yes, I have one eye open. And it's with it's with an inflatable girlfriend. Oh no! See, <laughs> now we'll never get nothing. We'll never get anything. We're this not is, getting anything is, anyway. This is what I'm talking about. You he stink. never gives us anything. This is what I'm talking you re- about. You really stink. All right, so let's get back to the the coaching carousel, which is you know very very active right now. I want to ask you a question about the Giants, and I think Giants fans will be interested in this. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Mike Vrabel calls. I know, I know it's not going to happen, but I just want to throw out a hypothetical. Mike Vrabel calls it, boy, I would love this job. Or he runs into Joe Shane somewhere and says, boy, it, it, match made in heaven. I think I do great things with the Giants. Giants football, run the ball, play tough defense. That's my style. Like, do you think that, that, that Brian Dable's welcome has run thin with the fan base that if the Giants were to move on and bring in like one of those, like Belichick, or Vrabel, or Harbaugh, that the fan base would be excited, or they're all in on Brian Dable? Well, I think it depends on who. I think it depends on who we're talking about. I think if it's, I think if it's Bill Belichick, I think that's probably different than if it's anyone anyone else. I mean, you're talking about the greatest coach in the history of the league that right. has that has won that has two ties Super with, with the Giants too. Right, he's won he's won what two Super Bowls with the Giants as the right. defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. eighty six and ninety. Yep. Uh, I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable are tied at the hip. And I think that, I mean, if there is any chance, and I'm reading reports now that uh, Giants are comfortable with Daniel Jones being their starting quarterback next season, I mean, it, you, you got an offensive-minded guy who has a track record of working with young quarterbacks and having success. Bill Belichick did not with Mac Jones. Mike Vrabel's not an offensive guy. Right. I mean, I guess Harbaugh is, but I think it's I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable are a package deal until things go, I mean, go sideways. I mean, I... I I, I I would be a little concerned about the amount of turnover that's going to happen this offseason with lot. the coaching staff. A lot, a lot. I, th- I saw Mike Kafka's interviewing for a head coaching job, too. Yeah, so, I mean, you could lose Kafka. I'm not sure. Again, I don't know what his relationship is. doesn't sound like it's great with Brian Table. You already lost your defensive coordinator, your special teams coordinator. I mean, you lost your, ba- you lost your running backs coach. You fired your offensive line coach. 
Right. Strength and conditioning coach, he's gone. I mean, that's a... A lot of turnover. It's a lot of turnover. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird. The Giants have all this turnover, and the Jets have none. Yeah. Like, both I, are, both I are get odd. bringing guys back, but I also think there's a way to, I mean, if there are more qualified coaches to to improve certain things. But you can't have a season which you look at as a failure and bring everybody back. Well, because I don't think they look at it as a failure. I think they punted on it. I think they knew the second that Aaron got hurt. You don't think this is a failed season for the I Jets? do. Uh, it doesn't matter what I think. No, I'm not I, I the one making decisions. Would I make changes? Absolutely. Like, I would be in the mindset that I'm always looking to improve everywhere. Like, do I think if, if I own this team, do I think our offensive line was good? No, I think it's horrendous. And when I look at Cleveland and what they were able to do with their offensive line, I'd start, ask, I'd start asking some questions. Absolutely. How come, how come ours isn't better? Right. How come they can lose offensive linemen every week and they're fine and we lose offensive linemen and we can't do anything? Yeah, right. Like, how Mackay Becton stayed healthy. How come he stunk? How come he was the worst left tackle in football? How come Lakin Tomlinson hasn't worked out? Like, what are we doing wrong? I think they just they were of the mindset that once they lost Aaron, the season was wasn't going to go well. If and they did, made sure of that. If it did, great. If and they and they did not they did nothing to buoy the season going well because they they just sat there and told you no Zach Wilson's the answer he's going to be better which made no sense and never will make sense. And we've talked about it so many times. How could you believe that, that Zach Wilson is not a capable, competent quarterback at the end of last season, but at the very beginning of this season, it's all going to change? It makes no sense. Well, uh, t- well dude, I'm, I don't have to, how many times I have to explain to you what happened until you believe what I'm saying to you. Because it makes no sense, the only thing that does make sense is they thought, because they used the second overall pick on him, that they could use this season as the opportunity to get a definitive answer as to whether or not Zach could play. Well, okay, well, you have your answer. That's, so that's, th- a that's what they're going That's what they're going to take out of this thing, is that we know now he can't, he can't be a jet, a jet, and we'll feel good about moving off of him. What happens if Bill Belichick calls John Mayer? Says, you know, I've always wanted to, to coach here. I've always I love this organization. It's my home. It's where I've always wanted to end my career. That can happen now. He wouldn't do it to Brian Dable. Wouldn't do it to Brian Dable. No. No, he wouldn't. Brian Dable's won Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. He's not going to do that to Brian Dable. You think You think if the Giants fan wakes up tomorrow morning and the Giants have, have gotten rid of Shane and Dable and handed all, the, all, all of the authority and power to Bill Belichick, that the fan base is ecstatic or unhappy or somewhere in the middle? Well, I think they're probably happy. I don't think anyone, I mean, I think they saved this season, but I think there was plenty of people that, that dude, I mean, Don was questioning it, right? I mean, there were people that weren't sold on Brian Dable as, as I mean, as they're sitting there two and eight. Right. After last season, he was so good. But you might, you might question year, it more season. now than you, than you did at some point when you were two and eight, because now it, it feels like there's a lot of tension within the organization. Yeah, see, I don't look at it like that. I got to tell you, man, just, I mean, in my experience, if I'm a head coach, I need, I need everyone to be on the same page as me. And if my style is I'm going to coach my coaches hard right? and be – and you hear all the players love Brian Dable and all the defensive players seem like they love Wink. But if I got, you know, if I got a, a defensive coordinator that's not, that's not listening to what I'm telling him and have, I have like this whole separate coaching staff that's kind of doing their own thing that doesn't like me, that's got to be out of my building. That's not, that's not good for me. It's not That's good not for you, but doesn't it concern you that, that all your coaches or seemingly a lot of your coaches don't, didn't like you, don't like you? Um, I'm not overly concerned. 
I think this is just one of those cases where it's just I think that Brian Dable has a certain style that like a way he coaches. Look at the coaches that he's he's worked under. Bill Belichick is hard to work for. Bill Belichick is hard on his coaches. Nick Saban is hard on his coaches. Right. And if you don't know that, or like the other thing too is is that like I'm sure Wink Martindale's looking like saying to himself like I should be a head coach. You know he feels that way. I should be a head coach in this league. If I was gonna like I could have been a head coach if I was if I was willing to let the owner make decisions for me, but I'm not. So this guy Brian Dable has done. He's what has he done to be bossing me around? What, well, what has he done? I mean, he comes into a team which has no expectations and leads him to the to playoffs, whether it was a great team or not, and they win a playoff game. And you can sit here and tell me all day long that, well, you know, Minnesota got lucky with their wins and Kirk Cousins this and their home field wasn't great. You, you, you made the playoffs and you won a playoff game. So right there, I would think that there'd be instant respect. Well, yeah, but how much respect does he have for Brian Dable doing it or what, what he was doing with the defense? So if all of a sudden now this guy whose who's focus is he's an offensive coordinator, he's an offensive guy, comes in my office and says, hey, this is, this is the game plan I want to use against Dallas. You're going to tell me what to do? I, I just get nervous that we're going to spin this and it's going to be all Wink Martindale and he's the bad guy. And in fact, there's a lot more Brian Dable to blame in this equation. And maybe I'm wrong. I hope to be wrong. Listen, all I want is for them to succeed and for him to be good and for the team to go on, on an upward trajectory. But I just worry that there's, you know, there's blame on both sides and that there's a reason that a lot of these coaches thought that this guy was, was kind of a phony. And that worries me. Well, listen, it's not ideal. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's ideal. But I think there's also, I mean, I, I also have respect for the fact that Brian Dable wants to bring in his own guys now. If this is not working, if he's got guys that don't, you know, he's not getting along with, that's not conducive to having success. And I think you get a real chance to see that when you go through adversity. Last year, all those, you know, all those opportunities to go through adversity didn't happen because you were the ones making the plays at the right time to win football games. This year it was the opposite of that, and you got off to a brutal start. And you're two and eight. Things are going sideways, and you get a real chance to see who's with you and who's not. You know what the amazing thing is? If you if you go back and look, like last season, not this year, last season, the Jets, the the Giants win that game against the Jets, right? They win that game against the Bills. The they Rams. win that game against the Rams, and now you're talking about a team that could could have been a playoff team. Yeah, that's, and that's nine how, wins right there. That's how fine the the line. I know, is. like right because last year you were winning those. Late, close, one-score, need-to-play kind of games, and this year you lost them all. Right. You're going for the two-point conversion, and, it's, it, and it works, and you win. Right. As opposed to, you know, Tyrod short-arming and Saquon not catching it, and you lose. Right. So it's just it's, it's amazing how fickle this is. Same with the Vikings, right? I mean, the Vikings were, and, and losing the quarterback, but, but the Giants lost the quarterback as well. But when you win, I mean, it's the number one thing. If you can win these, these razor-thin games— and your record is good in those kind of games, you're going to wind up being a very good football team. But especially when you're not an overly talented football team. Especially, yes. Yeah, but I think that's part of the reason why you would point, like uh, the, the Jets, uh, excuse me, the Giants are one of the teams that a lot of people point to do as to taking a step back is because they weren't, they weren't supposed to be winning those games last right. season. I think the Giants and the Vikings were the two teams that you looked at and said, who's going to take a step back? These two teams. Because it's hard to duplicate winning all those close games from one year to the next. And you saw they couldn't do it. Yeah, you know what? The, the And Brian Dable's going to have to do some soul searching just as far as relationships with coaches, but also like finding a way, because I think one of the reasons why we've talked about that the players love Brian Dable so much is just because of, like, it's not it's not a real grueling kind of training camp. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, 
He's not crushing these guys. I've heard the word, the phrase country club thrown okay. around numerous times. Which is never a good thing. So you have a successful season, you win a road playoff game, all of a sudden now it's it's country, you know, country club life, and you get off to the start that the Giants got off to. I got real questions about that. Yeah, and I think you should. And then, and then you had listen, you had some unfortunate injuries, right? The the Andrew Thomas injury, I thought it was a killer. Uh, he was not right for weeks, and then the offensive line was still a, a disaster, and you're signing Justin Pugh. I mean, you signed Justin Pugh off the couch, and he was uh, in your starting lineup for, for, for the entire season. Yep. That then doesn't happen. Sa- right. You lose Saquon on a, like a meaningless carry. You still didn't have a lot. I mean, Waller, of course, you know, missed a ton of time. You have a, a, your wide receiver room is subpar, to say the least. But I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you draft a quarterback now – and I and I think and I think you'll agree you kind of reset the expectations of okay this is going to be a, a slow work in progress if what you're hearing is true and they're going to stick with Daniel Jones and bring him back next season and build around that then you're you're going to have expectations again for next year right but I mean again you don't want to you also don't want to just take a quarterback to take a quarterback no 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 and, and that that that's I mean franchise amount practice if you do that so now sitting there with the sixth pick and you got teams in front of you that feel like they're definitely going to take a quarterback. But I will say this. If there's a quarterback that you love, and I think one of the things you really trust Brian Dable about is is the quarterback. If there's a quarterback you love, are how much are you willing to sacrifice to move up and grab that guy? Yeah, but that's if you can if you can move up to get the guy. If Chicago is hell-bent on taking Caleb Williams, they're not going to trade you the pick. Yeah, there could be nothing you can do. Washington's going to take a quarterback. New England feels like they're going to take a quarterback. So you got three teams right there. So unless it's you know it's the fourth guy that you love, right? Like I mean, right, if, unless you love if, Penix, or I, 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 I can't even imagine anybody would go six outside of Penix, and I think that could be a reach for him. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, listen, you could just have your hands tied where you can't. Like I like this guy, but I can't get him because the teams in front of us right. also we, like we have him no, we have no, pick. we have no chance to get him. Or do you love? And I don't love him, but do you love Bo Nix? Do you love JJ McCarthy? Where you either trade back from six and take those guys, you know, middle teens, or you move up and you move back into the first round and take one of those guys. So Kafka's requested uh, by the Titans. The Titans. How could he? Listen, I don't know, but how could he possibly get that job? Ah, uh, he was a hot commodity. He was a hot commodity last last off season. Yeah, but you know what? A little bit of the uh, the bloom was off the rose. No, I would think. I mean, could you imagine if you're a Titans fan and they say, "All right, we've we've gotten rid of Mike Vrabel, but don't worry, Mike Kafka's your new head coach." You'd lose your mind. Uh, I don't think you'd be pumped about it, but uh, <laughs> you'd you also, lose your mind, right? But I think there's also a reason why you're probably, I mean, now looking to go more offensive minded. Right, uh, Will Levis. They're going to need someone to try to develop Will Levis. I got, yeah. a, I got a hot take for you, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. Another hot take? Yeah, I don't know if you're ready for it now, if you want it now. But, yeah, it's a, it's a hot take. I'll take it. Right now? Uh, no, save it. Save it. Don't give it okay. to me right now. Will you, Tease me will, with it. Because I don't remember all that much as the show goes on sometimes. Will you? Um, I'll remember. You'll, you'll remember and bring it back to my attention? Yep. All right, good. Uh, it's ESPN New York Super Box Bonanza 5. That's SBBV. And we're giving away over $10,000 in cash and prizes. All qualifiers will get a $25 Fanatics gift card and a chance at one of 10 super boxes with prizes, including a big screen TV. I heard how big the big screen TV is, by the way. How is it? 65 inches. Okay. That's big screen. That's nice. Uh, Nintendo Switch, MetaQuest, and much, much more. Get your box for the big game by listening to our show, Barton Hahn. 
from noon to 3, and the K Show from 3 to 6.30 for a chance to win $500 in the first and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, final score payout of $2,000. All brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. For full contest details, go to superboxbonanza.com. 1-800-919-3776. The phone lines are all lit up now. Let's start to uh, get to some of the callers. Let's go to Ian in Florida. Hi, Ian. You're on 98.7. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Dave, I wanted to talk to you off the ledge because I think Rick's hitting the nail right on the head. I mean, I'm a huge Giants fan on Monday. I was thinking the sky's falling. It's all falling apart. Why can't we have nice things? But at the end of the day, we've had such clown shows at GM and coach the last couple of years. I mean, if you think Shane's buttoned up, if you think Dayball has the pedigree, you just got to trust that maybe Wink wasn't the guy. They had too much friction in the locker room and let them get their guys in there and see what they do. I'm not. I'm not on the ledge. I just wait. Like, like I, I, I've been on the ledge. Shermer had me on the ledge. Gettleman had me. Like, like the, the fire department had to come in and, and hold me from going off the ledge. Like there, there have yep. been people that have had me on the ledge. I'm not. I'm not even close to the ledge. The window's not even open. Okay, I good. like Brian Dable good. and I like Joe Shane. I'm just saying. Like, I think there are some things that you need to be aware of if you're a fan of the Giants. Is all I'm saying. That's fair, but I mean, with the McKinney stuff, and you know, I'd get the defense like uh, Martindale, but if he's not, you know, giving Dable the deference as the head coach, like that's not something you can have, especially if Dable coaches in this Patriot way. Well, I think there has to be a level of respect, right? There has to be a level of respect. The head coach is the head coach, and you're a coordinator, you're an assistant coach, so you can think what you want, but he, it's his team, and if Wink wasn't willing to accept that. And he felt like yeah, he was just as qualified, if not more qualified, and he wanted to do his own thing. Like, listen, you worry about your offense, and I'll worry about my defense. That's that wouldn't work for me either. It just it just exactly. sucks that Thanks, it guys. just I'm it going. just it just sucks that when you hear or you read some of the comments from your best defensive players, they give a lot of the credit to to Wink. Well, I think Wink is is well respected. The guys really like him, and and he has done a pretty good job. Like, you can't say that he was fired. For, for cause with his performance. He's been a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, defense, listen, defense was better Defense was better last season than it was this season outside of the takeaways. Correct. M- much better. With probably lesser talent. Right, but I mean... You, like, added, you added like an all-pro linebacker and took a step back. Yeah, well, you also had rookie corners, though, too. So, I mean... like, But did Bobby Okereke have an unbelievable season? Yes. Yeah. Was Xavier McKinney good? Yes. Was Dexter Lawrence good? He's always good. Was Deontay Banks good? Very good. Right. So, I mean, and these guys all love Wink. Now they're going to have to learn a new all system. Right. Well, you know what? It's part of the job. Guys move on. I mean, if Wink left to take a head coaching job, you'll also have to learn. I mean, it's part of being a professional. No, I listen, I get it. But usually, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, you'd like it to be part of the profession when it's when it's based on performance. Yes. Or, like, or or he gets promoted and he gets a head coaching job somewhere, right? right? Yeah. Oh, like, I, well, I agree with you. It sucks. We have to do it because he stinks, or it sucks because he got a head coaching job. Right. I, this I, is, I, we, I agree with you. We couldn't get along. I, I don't love it, but we'll see. I still do believe in Dable, and I still do believe in Shane. Thanks for listening to the DPHRO and Rothenberg Podcast. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York, the ESPN New York app, or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN.